everyone, and welcome back to The Voice of Veritas. If this is your first time joining us, again, welcome. We're so glad you're here. I'm your host, Shiloh Thomas. And for those who've been along this journey with us, welcome back. And I'd like to give a big special welcome back to Neil Glick from Veritas Product Management. Thank you, Shiloh. Neil, is this like your third, fourth podcast with us just this year? I just can't stay away. <laughs> I know. Well, we're so we're so glad that you're back and and we always enjoy having you on the Voice of Veritas podcast. I love being here. And so today I I know you're here to discuss malware and it's so funny our running title for this podcast for months has been the case of the malware. So I'm so right. glad we're finally hitting on this topic and I would say it couldn't be more timelier cuz the news recently has been a buzz about the Move It data theft attack. So I thought we could go ahead and start there, if you don't mind, Neil. Tell us what is Move It and what it's all about. Sure. Uh, So Move It is a file transfer program. So it's a secure file transfer program that a company, um, Move It, has put out that what it allows you to do is move a file securely. Uh, What it does is encrypts the files and allows you to move them from your uh, servers to other places. And so this is very useful and a lot of companies do this. And that's the whole reason why it's encrypted is to make sure that the data is kept secure. Unfortunately, they were hit by something that's kind of rare. And it's something that in the malware uh, world is uh, kind of a uh, a big deal that they're what's called a zero day. And what a zero day is, it's something that is typically inside code that a company has produced. And a lot of times it's just a mistake. It's an accident, Uh, you know, humans make mistakes. But if it is exploited properly by doing certain steps, what you can do as a threat actor or as anybody actually, is you can expose the code and you can typically break into the program and you can exploit it and usually, Zero days are very expensive and they're almost kind of like a uh, finding a a diamond, um, you know, (laughs) uh, fully polished and honed because they they are quite rare. But um, that is what move it is. And that's what's going on currently. And some some really bad stuff's going on right now, Shiloh. You know, when I think of gangs, I typically think of, okay, street gangs, but move it. Mm-hmm. in this case, has been backed by the Klopp ransomware gang, which I, I think is interesting. So by all accounts, yeah. this, this type of gang is invisible to us, right? Oh, indeed. And and this is, this is what's really crazy about uh, threat actors is they um, are extremely well organized these days. But I, th- I think a lot of people don't realize how well organized these gangs are. And literally what they are is they're almost like a corporation of people. They have tech support. They have people that can actually help you walk through paying your ransom. It's pretty crazy, actually. These are very well organized, very well funded. And when you see who these gangs are going after, uh, they're demanding huge ransoms. And it's not just the amount of money that they request, or I should say demand from their victims. It's also the uh, damage that will happen to the company's brand. Because what these threat actors will do, Shiloh, is they will sneak into your environment, typically using uh, a macro attack or a fish, and they will get into your environment. And then they will wait and they'll look around and they'll be very quiet about what they've what they've done. 
And a lot of times people say, how can I protect myself against ransomware? And typically that's not how threat actors hit you first. Usually they establish what's called a beachhead, kind of how it happens with the military. They move into a certain spot onto a beach and then they slowly move their way into the country, just like an invading force would. And you can think of them as an invading force. And that's exactly what's going on right now. Well, and and I think that's the scary thing, because since these types of gangs, if you will, are not seen in a typical light, I guess it's no surprise that they've been at it for years. And, and I was reading a part of the article and it mentioned that some of the files dated back to 2021. And I think that's an important point. And you even just mentioned it. It's, it's like this invisible nature of the gangs and the attacks. If you're trying to solve malware today, you're really too late, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. So really what what these gangs are looking for is they're looking for the big, big payday. So what they'll do is typically, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie War Games where Matthew Broderick, you know, he finds the password underneath the keyboard. Believe it or not, that happens more than you would imagine. (laughs) A lot of times how threat actors get into companies is they masquerade as IT. uh, They masquerade as other companies that uh, contract with you. And they will call up just your typical average employee that maybe they find up on LinkedIn because we put a lot of information about ourselves up on LinkedIn. They will call you up and they'll say, I'm a tech that is here to service your computers. I need your IT username and password, and I will be able to do those upgrades for you ASAP. You give them the the credentials, nothing happens. You think, oh, okay, well, something, you know, they must have upgraded. And typically they don't care about you and me, Shiloh. What they want to do is they want to use us to get their beachhead because once they get into the environment, then they can start moving horizontally through the environment. What does that mean? Basically what they do is they start going through file shares. They start looking at different systems that they can get access to. And they slowly start to gain more and more access by getting themselves administrative rights. And like you said, some of these files date back to quite a number of years ago. And what you can really equate these attacks to is the long con. What these threat actors are doing is they're getting into the environment. They want to find out what you do as a business. They want to find out who your contractors are, what companies that you work with. And believe it or not, what they will do is they will actually have companies switch banking accounts and all kinds of different things. So money that is typically supposed to be transferred um, in a normal fashion starts getting sent to them and the only way that this company will find out that this is happening is that their contractor will call them and say hey you've missed a couple payments and they're like no i've paid them that's how it happens it's that easy definitely the long game and you had mentioned the long con and not something that happens immediately overnight that you identify and and i think that's the scary piece now if Mm -hmm. you don't mind as my expert here today I'd like to put you slightly on the spot. There are so many flavors to malware. And we've been talking about ransomware. And I I know the industry as a whole recently has been really focused on ransomware. Mm -hmm. But malware of the past, like Trojans, spyware, they're just still as prevalent today or as they were yesterday. And I would argue equally important to consider. So it's not just ransomware. There, There are all these other types of malware. And and I say this from experience. Recently, my mom called and she said she received this random email from someone she knew years ago. And the email was Mm. 
pretty well written. It got my mom thinking, oh, do I know this person? How do they know all this information? I mean, they mm-hmm. they knew things that were current in her life. And I quickly said, no, no, no. You don't know this person. Delete the email. And sadly, this isn't the first time that she's gotten something so well engineered. And so oh, I, I, I'm, I, I worry that, you know, okay, we're talking about ransomware, but there's so many other types of malware. And this is just an example of social engineering I brought up. But Oh, absolutely. absolutely. What are some of the most common types of malware we're seeing? I mean, obviously, we, we, we know ransomware. We're talking about ransomware. Sure. So, so ran- like I said, ransomware is typically the end game of the long con. So what the threat actor wants to do is they want to find a big company, somebody with deep pockets. And what they want to do is they want to lock up those systems so that they can basically ransom off your data. And what they've done is they up the game. And by saying, not just will I keep your data locked, but I will now sell it or I will give it away for free on the black market. I will just start posting your data up on the black market. So what they are trying to do is convince people to blackmail them into paying the ransom. Now, like you said, there's all kinds of different attacks. So there is, for example, there's something called a macro attack. And typically what that is, is someone will send out a phishing lure to either a bunch of people or they will send them out to specific people. Now, if they send them out to a ton of people, usually that's just called a fish. They send them out to specific people, like specifically to your mother, like you just said, that's called a spearfish. And what they're doing is they're looking for a specific person and they're targeted that email towards a specific person. And sometimes what they'll do is in that email, they'll include a Word document or an Excel document. In the email, they'll say uh, something very important for you to open up inside this Word email. Extremely important. If you don't open it, something bad is going to happen. That's usually always the pattern. If you don't do this, something very bad is going to happen. Either you're going to lose files, you're going to lose your shipment. A lot of times they'll do this. They'll masquerade as shipping companies. Um, I've even seen them, Shiloh, where they say, I'm your your spouse's lawyer, and they are applying for divorce. So they really try That's a terrible and, way to find that yeah, out. They really try and kick you in the gut. They really try and get you to open up this file. And once you open the file, this is where it gets even, even more brilliant. The file a lot of times is blurry. So the words, you can just barely see it, right? It looks like a file and they've blurred it. And what they do is they have a macro in there. And in the file, they'll say, it may be blurry and this is for your protection. Enable the macro to see the entire file. You click it, nothing happens. You go, oh, okay, I guess it was something bogus. But what they've really done is done exactly what you said, Shiloh. They've launched a Trojan program inside that file which has now taken over control of your computer. How have they taken over? There are things called uh, RATs, which are remote access Trojans. And what that literally is, is somebody can control your computer while you're on it. So if you happen to ever see your mouse start moving around and doing funny things, you might want to have a chat with uh, your antivirus. Um, but like you said, there's uh, they'll send files. A, a, a number of years ago, there was one where a threat actor sent out a file called I Love You. And if you opened it, it was, I believe, a visual a visual basic script, which would, again, apply a piece of malware to your computer if you ran it. So the really thing that you take away from this is that these threat actors are really good at the social engineering. They are great at getting to, uh, like I say, they pull at our heartstrings. They pull us, they kick us in the gut. Things that really, really kind of get our attention. And they're very good at it. Well, I hate to say it, 
you know, buzzword bingo here, but it sounds like we really need a holistic approach. And Neil, have you played that game whack-a-mole ever before? <laughs> you know, that good old carnival game, hitting the moles as they're popping up. And I'm, <laughs> yes, I'm equating it to this because there's so much we're being bombarded with attacks from all sides, if you will. Oh, absolutely. So you have to think of security as kind of an onion. And depending on how deep into the onion you want to go is how deep into security you want to go. But there are things that we can do just as people ourselves. And like you said to your mother, if, if you see these things come through, if you see somebody texting you saying you've got a package and you don't have a package coming, you know what? Go to the, the shipping provider's website directly. Don't click on that link. Yeah, you have to trust your gut. There's things that we can do to stop that. But with that said, there are also other technologies like that Veritas has built into its backup capabilities. So what can we do that can help a corporation that potentially has some malware in there? Well, we've got malware detection, antivirus capabilities. So if there's files that you want to uh, scan by antivirus, we can do that. We also have anomaly detection. Now, what is that? That's if the files start doing funny things that are kind of out of character. Now, now, what does that mean? Well, okay, let's say you have a share that you're backing up every week, and maybe the the, the share has about a 10% change rate, which is pretty big, you know, 10% change rate sure. every week, 5%. Now, all of a sudden, there's a 90% change rate or a 100% change rate. Wow, that's weird, okay? And what happens is typically when that 100% change rate happens, that's because some kind of program has been run that affected all of the data on that share, that drive, whatever. Now that will trigger anomaly detection and we'll raise a flag and we'll go, hello, there's something weird going on here. Now what we can do is we can either scan that or we can go further in depth into that. And with other security products, you can do that as well. This is really nice. And that's really what you have to look for. You can also set up with Veritas. I, we talked about in another episode, Alter Recovery Vault. Alter Recovery Vault gives you the ability to set up your data as immutability, as immutable. Now, what's immutable? That is the old write once, read many. So what you do is you write your data to this blob of storage, and that data cannot be changed. It cannot be deleted. It cannot be changed. It is set in stone until the date has uh, expired. And so if a threat actor does happen to get into your environment and tries to expire those images, they can't until the expiration of the immutability. So that is another way that you can protect yourself. I'm glad you brought up the topic of immutability. Because when mm -hmm. we think about if we've been hit, of course, you want to be able to recover. But I do see recover being multifaceted. Certainly, you want to come back up, get back up running from a business standpoint. But you also want to ensure that you're recovering the clean files. But if you don't right. know when you go to store them, they're a clean file, then you could just be essentially restoring yet another corrupted copy and never know. And so I think that's where, to your point, the malware detection, anomaly detection is important because you could try to catch these before and earlier. Absolutely. And so I, just to kind of dig a little bit deeper into the malware detection and, and even the anomaly detection, is it an on-demand scan? Does it work automatically? Can you define what those triggers are? What are some of the ways that our customers are using these engines to be able to prevent 
and really assure their resiliency if and when that time comes. Mm -hmm. So the answer to your question is yes. Uh, you can pretty much do all the things you said. You can set it on demand. So if you you know, get a get a, a feeling, hey, I want to just do a scan, you can do that. If you want to set up a schedule, you can do that. If you want to be a scan to be triggered, if if a weird anomaly, like say 100% of your files get changed, you can do that. And like you said, threat actors are really, really clever. They sit inside your environment and they manipulate, they change. And part of that is if you think about this so like you said if your environment is locked up with a ransomware or even with a really bad worm or, or some kind of malicious code you start recovering your environment and the last thing you want to do is restore more malware back right. onto the same systems so that's why it's so important to make sure that that data that's being backed up and that is still being backed up is a good copy and that you're not like you said just restoring bad stuff so I would like to give a quick plug for those that are listening. If you want to learn more, we do have a technical brief. The link is in the show notes. It provides a deep dive into how our malware detection works and provides you with some insight on how to regain control and incorporate that into your workflows. And I say incorporate it into your workflows because it's not enough to just simply detect these. You have to then take the next step and what that next step looks like and, and, and make it part of your overarching resiliency plan. But absolutely. But Neil, just as um we, we just discussed, um, you know, there are are different types of, of malware. Does our detection engine work across all those types or are we just simply identifying the last mile of the, the ransomware type of malware? So there's a different scenario, Shiloh. So say if somebody downloaded a, a malicious file onto their computer, and, you know, they were watching cat videos and they downloaded a cat video. And unfortunately, within the cat video is a is a is a malware. So there's different ways that that we can look at this onion. So one way is as the files are being backed up, we can check to see if there are malicious files that are being backed up. So like you said, the Trojans, the malware, the standalone programs that run and that are bad. So we have that capability. But like you said, if if also if if the threat actor gets into the environment and plans to do a ransomware, which we know happens, the last thing yeah, exactly, and the last thing they want is for you to be able to restore your files. So what they're going to do is not only are they going to lock up all the production files that are currently being used, but they're going to look for backups. They're going to look for areas where you can restore from this catastrophe. And that's why they will sneak their way into backup environments and they will start expiring images and they will start uh, changing images or they'll start planting malware themselves. And again, the backup software will detect some of this depending on what it is they're doing. If they start doing heavy manipulations, we also have a really cool product called IT Analytics which will detect if there's a lot of anomalies or if there's a lot of data being changed, things that are out of the ordinary, these products will detect. And there are also, there are a lot of other security products that customers can use in conjunction with the backup software as well. Now, um, we do keep up to date with the current threats. And um, mm -hmm. I would like to introduce to our listeners the concept of Red Lab, and actually it's our concept. So when we think about the number of malwares out there, how can you, and if you're doing this on your own, you're thinking, oh my gosh, how can I possibly keep track of 
of all of this? And and how do I? It's nearly impossible. <laughs> right. And and that that's that's what I'm thinking. I could barely keep track of my diary every day. Um, you know, I can't <laughs> imagine now inserting the different types of malwares I gotta track and trend. So exactly. We've we've actually stood up here at Veritas what we call the red lab. And we're testing the behavior of ransomware on all of our products and services without the risk of actually contaminating. And, and, and we're doing this so that we can validate our results across all the different partners we're working with and ensuring that the hardware, the software that are being deployed or the services that are being used can identify. And, and we're applying our anomaly detection engine and malware scanning to that so that we can validate the results. And ultimately, awesome. through this battle testing with our anomaly detection and malware scanning capabilities, we're also able to improve our machine learning model so that we're able to identify malware activity. We're, we're dynamically improving that through this type of battle testing. And so this actually helps not only us keep pace with all of the growing threats that are out there, the new malwares, but in turn, it's enabling our customers to be well protected as well. And this lab certainly in and of itself is protected and guarded, no internet access, et cetera, so that we can maintain its confidentiality and isolate malware. The last thing we want to do is introduce malware into one's environment. But this does allow for us to, as I mentioned, track, trend, and ensure that as malware, the latest current malware out there is introduced to our products and services, we can stop it from ever reaching our customers' data. So an, another awesome. layer of protection that we are doing ourselves to ensure the, the continuity, the usability, the integrity of the products and services we're delivering. That's fantastic because they... The only thing that you can count on that will continue to happen is threat actors will continue to look for new ways to yes. try and so steal our money. You have to get smarter than them. So if you want to learn more yep. about our Red Lab below, there is a link. So feel free to check that out. And Neil, before we wrap up today, if someone is unsure of where to begin, again, malware, what do I do? What would sure. you recommend as kind of the first step or the action they should take against malware? What's the biggest value, the reward, benefit, you would say? So are you talking about a corporation or an individual? Oh, boy. I think we <laughs> all play a part. Absolutely. There's a couple of different ways that you can look at this. So companies, what they do is they'll put an email you know, malware detection. So what it'll do is it'll find files that have come through. It'll look for the fishes, um, you know, click here. It'll look for the, uh, the malicious links and it will filter out a lot of those things. Unfortunately, I should say, I shouldn't say unfortunately, but, <laughs> but as humans, we have a propensity to click on things. <laughs> um, we have a, a propensity to uh, kind of jump to conclusions quicker than, than, than we probably should. And so what we have to do is as just being ourselves is think for a second, try to slow down. Our immediate reaction as people is to try and correct things, fix things, click on things, get things behind us as quick as possible. And that's what threat actors are hoping. So what I would say is slow down, take your time, read the email. If somebody wants you to click on something, 
say it's like I said, a package or something like that, go directly to the, the manufacturer's website. Go to the shipper's website. If uh, you get a, say, if you get a, uh, something from Amazon or from Netflix, uh, don't go to, don't click on that link directly. Go to the website. If they say there's something wrong with your account and you're you're concerned that there is something wrong with your account, go to the website directly. Log in from the website. Don't use that link. They uh, a lot of times with reactors will do is they'll call you and they'll cold call you and say I'm from the IRS and you have an outstanding uh, bill and you're going to be sent to prison. That's not how the IRS works. But it is scary. Trust me, it is very scary. So. As people, I think the best thing we can do is is educate ourselves on what social engineering is and how the threat actors attack us. One of the first things that an organization can do is they can do um, email malware threats. So what they'll do is they'll filter out fishes, they'll filter out malicious links, and a lot of email packages uh, come with something like that, um, or you can uh, bolt on something like that. Then as you get further and further into the onion, as like it happened to your mother, where they're actually going after her by name, there are programs that can do that as well, that look for threat actors who are going directly after a certain person. And then there's something that's even crazier, Shiloh, it's called business email compromise. Now, what this is, is a lot of times what will happen is a threat actor will get inside your organization and they'll masquerade themselves as your CEO. So say you're somebody working in finance and you get an email from somebody who's portraying your CEO and they say, Shiloh, I need you to send $26,000 to this bank account right away or this deal is going to fall through. Now, you as somebody in finance, getting an email from the CEO is, is probably fairly common, right? No, but that's really scary that, you know, if, if you don't do this, I'm going to lose a deal and it's going to be all your fault. Well, again, there are ways that we can filter through these uh, these different attacks. But again, these are different softwares. But as a person, we need, like I said, slow down, look at the email, hover over the address. Does it say at your corporation or does it say from someplace else? Does it have some weird misspellings? Does it have a one instead of an I? So there's all kinds of different things that we can do. But like like you said, Shiloh, it is it is it is a battleground out there, and threat actors are looking for ways to to you know it's it's a cat and mouse game. How about that? Every time the the mouse trap gets better, the mouse gets smarter. Well, certainly, um, back up, you know, and just protecting as I as I mentioned, I I think that it's all of our responsibility. It certainly is a team sport, and so I do want to encourage that for for companies if you if you don't understand or don't know what your policies are in terms of backing up pre prevention protecting your data maybe because you're focused on an application and and not a, the traditional backup policies i would encourage you definitely to reach across the organization and learn what actions are being taken today in fact we talked about this a little bit in a podcast a, a couple of episodes back mm -hmm. Neil, as always, it's great having you join the Voice of Veritas. I'd like to thank you for sharing strategies for hitting malware back. And thanks to all of you listening today. We'll catch you on the next episode of the Voice of Veritas. Thanks, Shiloh.